Let's go ahead and take our Bibles and let's turn to Ruth chapter number 3. Ruth chapter number 3. Now, from what we saw in chapter 2, we, we know that Boaz had his eye on Ruth and he was falling in love with her. This is a love story in the Bible here. He, looked out, he was looking out for her and working things out for her good and she didn't even realize some of the stuff that he was doing. And that pictures the Lord's love and grace at work in our lives to provide for us and to make us want to love Him and serve Him only. The Lord does so much that we don't even realize that He does in our lives. What a blessing that is. Now we saw according to the last verse of chapter 2 that Ruth continued to glean in Boaz's field through both the barley and wheat harvest. During this couple of months, it became more and more apparent that Boaz and Ruth were getting rather fond of each other. <laughs> and Naomi had already told Ruth that Boaz was a near kinsman who qualified as a kinsman redeemer. Tonight we're going to be taking a look and, and, uh, at the approaching the, the kinsman redeemer. Before we get go into the story, let's review exactly uh, the idea of how a kinsman redeemer works. When the tribes of Israel entered the promised land, understand that the Lord assigned each family of each tribe a section of the promised land to inhabit. This land was very important to the Lord and to the Israelites. So to make sure that it stayed in the family, the kinsman redeemer law was instituted. If a man died and left land and a widow who had bore no sons, um, his nearest kinman would be given the opportunity to buy his land and to marry his widow and have sons to carry on the deceased name. If he wouldn't, then the closest, next closest kin could redeem and so on. So, um, Here's the catch though. The kinsman redeemer couldn't make the decision to redeem. He had to be asked by the widow to redeem her husband's land. She, she's the one that had to approach Boaz. Boaz could not approach her on this. Well, now with that in mind, let's see what's going on in our text. As we pick up in verse number 1, let's read the verse, first five verses here. <clears throat> Ruth 3, verse number 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, Shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Uh, behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. <clears throat> but make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet, and lay thee down. And he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. Now understand it, all of this is new to uh, Ruth. I mean, she was a Moabite. <laughs> So she's having to learn the ways of Israel, having to learn the ways of the Lord. 
And we see Naomi's suggestion there in verses 1 through 5. And Naomi wanted to know what Ruth was waiting for. Uh, and she said, uh, uh, when she asked, shall I not seek rest for thee? I believe that she was implying to Ruth, am I going to have to ask him for you? <laughs> and in verse 2, she says, is not Boaz of our kindred? And Naomi's saying to Ruth, what's the holdup? <laughs> what's the holdup? I mean, they get, get with it. Now, remember that it was Ruth who had to claim Boaz, not the other way around. Um, now, notice that Naomi tells Ruth that Boaz is at the threshing floor. Now, that, that's significant. We might think of the threshing floor as a place of work, and it was. But when the people went to the threshing floor, it was also a time of feasting and thanking God for an abundant harvest. And they would sing psalms and praising God for the harvest, and they would eat and, and uh, eat plenty of food and drink the, their wine. Naomi would have known that Boaz would most likely be in a good mood at the threshing floor. And so it would be a good time for Ruth to go and try to claim Boaz as her kinsman redeemer. Now we see the night at the threshing floor in verses 6 through 13. Let's read that. Verse 6, And she went down to the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. Again, this is all new to her. <laughs> you know, she said, I'm just going to do what I'm told. You know? uh, and verse number 7, When Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. She came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she said, answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the, all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And she's not losing any of your virtuousness here. You know, you might read, read this and you might get the wrong idea of what's going on here, but there's nothing, nothing out of the way. Verse 12, And now it is true that I am thy nearest kinsman. How be it? There's always a twist, isn't there? How be it there is a kinsman Nearer than I. Oh no. You know, you hear the music playing, right? <laughs> um, oh no. Uh, tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. <clears throat> but if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. Now, we need to understand that there's nothing suggestive happening here at all. 
for Ruth to uncover Boaz's feet and lie on them was a, a request for marriage. I mean, we've we, we got to understand customs were different back then than what they are today. And this was a customary thing. Remember that the widow had to request to be redeemed. And so Ruth basically had to propose to Boaz, hey, you want to redeem me? <laughs> um, and this is what Naomi had instructed Ruth to do back in verse 4 that we read a while ago. Now when Boaz rolled over, he realized that there was a woman on his feet. Uh, remember in chapter 2 in verse 12 where Boaz said to Ruth, The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. And she was trusting in the Lord. And she was trusting the Lord to work this situation out as well. The same word that is translated wings, under the whose wings thou art come to trust, um, the same Hebrew word that's translated wings in, in uh, chapter 2, verse 12, is translated skirt in chapter 3, in verse number 9. So Ruth is asking Boaz to shelter her under his wing, to, to redeem her, and what a beautiful gesture of love that was. And I mean, I mean there was obviously a spark between the two. Amen. Uh, she didn't have to uh, cajole him into this. Uh, basically, he just had to work out the kinks. Uh, there was a, that, this one kink there that they had, had to be taken care of. Now, let's read verses 14 through 18. We'll see the, the next morning at home. Verse number 14. <clears throat> and she lay at his feet until the morning. And she rose up before one could know another. In other words, you couldn't see. <laughs> And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. And also he said, Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley, and laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man uh, had done to her, and she she said, "These six measures of barley gave he me, for he uh, said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law." So he, he understood mother-in-law uh, was uh, helping helping her work through this situation. Verse eighteen. Then said she, "Sit still, my daughter." In other words, you're gonna have to wait. Wait. He's gonna work out. He's gonna work the details out, but you got to wait. We hate to wait, don't we? And so she sits still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he hath finished the thing this day. So um, Boaz didn't want anyone to know that Ruth had been to the threshing floor. Not, not because something happened, because, but because people take things the wrong way. <clears throat> people make assumptions. Nothing had happened that was improper, but since when do the facts make a difference to gossipers? You know, it, it, just, uh, it just doesn't. Boaz gave Ruth six measures of grain to give to Naomi. and Now, under the circumstances, it was customary for him to send a gift to Naomi. But this was more than just custom. He wanted to send Naomi a gift 
especially for the good advice that she had given Ruth. I mean, he couldn't approach Ruth. Ruth had to approach him, and Ruth wouldn't approach him without Naomi's intervention there. So he's kind of, well, thank you very much, and here's a thank you gift. Um, and so finally we see Naomi encouraging Ruth to wait patiently for Boaz to work things out. And she was sure that Boaz wouldn't rest until the matter was settled. So what lessons can we learn from this chapter? That's what happened. What can we learn here? Well, number one, when God gives us hope, he expects, us, uh, uh, expects a reaction from us. He expects us to do things. Amen. Verses 1 through 5 are actually the good, uh, the, 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 actually the turning point of the whole book of Ruth. Naomi had hopes that Boaz and Ruth would marry. And so she prodded Ruth to move ahead and claim him. This was good for both Naomi and for, for Ruth. Um, because Naomi, um, she uh, she's, can't give birth to children anymore. She's done beyond her. Uh, she's, she's up in age. And if there's somebody who's going to make a claim on the land, uh, then we have to do it through Ruth. And so um, uh, she encouraged Ruth. Now, uh, that is not to say that we can force the hand of the Lord to do what we would like. The Lord's not some greenie that, genie that grants our wishes. Uh, we, uh, but the, the Lord does expect when he gives us hope to, to, to react. The Lord causes things to happen in a, in a way so as to reveal to us where he's at work sometimes, and he's wanting us to get involved where he's working at. Let me put it like this. Uh, I found this illustration a, a number of years ago. Uh, is a, if, you, if you're learning to surf, which I never learned to surf, okay? If you're learning to surf, you can learn how to choose the right equipment, how to use it properly, how to catch a wave, and ride it as long as possible, and how to get off the wave without wiping out. But you will never see a course that teaches how to build a wave. That's God's part. Amen? You've got to wait for the waves to come. Surfing is the art of riding the waves that God has built. If there aren't any waves, then you don't surf that day. And the problem is that way too many church folks have the how can I build a wave mentality. You can't build a wave. God has to build them. And you see, we need to stop trying to make things happen on our own and start looking for the waves that God has created and get involved there. I can tell you from experience that when you stop trying to build a wave and ask God where His waves are, you'll find out He can do some amazing things. He'll bring them to pass in your life. Um, I've got a, a book used to have in my library. I don't think it's in there anymore, but uh, Dr. Henry Blackaby I had a book entitled Experiencing God. And I uh, remember a quote from that book. He said, find where God is working and join him there. Uh, and I, that's kind of stuck with me over the years. You, God is at work in the world. Amen. Find where God's working and join him in his work. And so the question is, can you see where God is working? Are you willing to join in where God is working? So when God gives us hope, he expects a reaction. God was giving Ruth some hope, and also Naomi some hope, and she, she needed Ruth to, uh, to 
uh, react. And of course, uh, Boaz was getting some uh, hope too. Uh, he was wanting Ruth. And uh, she had to approach him, and she did. And so uh, there's a lot of hope going on here, and God was going to work some things out. Second thing is, sometimes all we can do is wait on God. When you've done what you can do, um, Ruth came home to tell Naomi about everything that happened. Naomi had gave some advice that we all hate to hear when we're anxious about something. Well, honey, you're going to have to wait and let him work it out. <laughs> and we all just hate to wait, don't we? One of the most difficult parts of faith is when no more action can be taken and we must wait patiently for God to work out His will. And they were at, the, shit, they were at that point. God was going to have to work this out. Sometimes life doesn't seem to go the way that we would hope. Uh, I know many times life just doesn't seem fair sometimes. Uh, wouldn't it have been nice if Boaz had been the very next of kin? No, but the story wouldn't be near as interesting, would it? <laughs> I think the Lord gave a twist here, and so just really sometimes He tests your faith, and uh, their, their faith was being tested here. Uh, been nice if, if Boaz had, had been the very next of kin, and Ruth would not have to wait to see if he would get to Redeemer. But it doesn't always work out the way that we would like for it to. Now, the important thing for us to understand is this. All we can ever do is place our lives in God's hands and trust Him. Trust the Lord. And she had begun to learn to trust the Lord when she began following uh, Naomi. She said, thy God will be my God. You know, and she, she was learning to, tr to place her trust in the Lord. Now, here's the third thing. Not only when God gives us hope, He expects a reaction, and sometimes all we can do is wait on God, but we must claim our kinsman redeemer. And I know it's a different, different way in which Christ is, is our kinsman redeemer, but Boaz, as a kinsman redeemer to Ruth, is a beautiful illustration of how Jesus Christ is our kinsman redeemer. Um, Jesus Christ fulfills all the requirements to be our kinsman redeemer. The redeemer of our soul is what we're talking about here. Um, and uh, he was related to us by blood. Hebrews 2.14 For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now Jesus said in Matthew 26 and verse 28, he says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. He, he, he shed his blood. Uh, he had the same blood uh, uh, the human blood going through his veins. Now his blood was precious blood. It wasn't tainted by sin. Um, and what a blessing that is because uh, the, the blood comes through the Father and of course he got his from the Heavenly Father. Uh, through the miracle of the virgin birth is where, how that got there. But he was related to us by blood. He was, he was human. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. 
Um, not only was he related to us by blood, but he was able to pay the price. And 1 Corinthians 6.20, he says, uh, Paul said, For you are bought with a price. We were bought with the price of Christ's blood. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says this, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with uh, corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. That's how we were redeemed. Precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So he was related to us by blood. He was able to pay the price. He was willing to pay the price. He was willing to redeem us. Matthew 20, verse 28 28 says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So, uh, Ruth found the kinsman redeemer that she needed so desperately for her condition. I thank God, those of us that know Christ, uh, you know, God provided our kinsman redeemer that we so desperately needed. And uh, I'm glad that you know, he came searching for us. <laughs> Amen. And, we, and <laughs> we, we desperately needed him and we've got him in our lives and we're saved. Amen. All right, that's our Bible study for this evening. <coughs> <coughs> Let's pull back our prayer list. <coughs>